Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who was accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we began our look at the defense's cross-examination of SLED digital forensics expert, Lieutenant Britt Dove. In this installment, we continue our look at the cross-examination of Lieutenant Dove. That's all coming up, right after the break. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It is nearing noon on Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, day six of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, defense attorney Philip Barber was cross-examining SLED digital forensics expert Lieutenant Britt Dove about text data extracted from Maggie Murdoch's phone on the night of the murders. We begin today with Barber pivoting to questions about the comparative timelines of activity on Maggie's and Paul's phones between 8.50 p.m. and 9.08 p.m. on June 7, 2021. The prosecution's evidence suggests that it was during this critical 18-minute period that the murders occurred. As Barber questions the witness, he writes the comparative timeline information with a marker on an easel pad for the jury. Let's talk now a bit about the, the timeline from about 8.50 p.m. to 9, at 9.08. Very narrow and get into some real detail on it. And if I could have an easel, I'm going to ask about some times, and you may need to refer to the reports. If so, let me know, and I'll uh, pin them up. Yes, sir. And I'm really talking, well, let's first just talk about Paul's phone. We established that it locked at 8.49 and one second. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And it did not unlock again. Correct. And it was a 2% battery? Yes, sir. So we don't really know much about what happened after that time from his phone, do we? Just what was recorded in the logs. Was anything recorded in the logs after 849 and one second? Yes, sir. Still showing that it was some activity going on as far as like GPS coordinates, things of that matter. When was the last activity indicating human use of the phone? Was the time that it was locked. Okay. And so we don't know what the person with the phone was doing after that. We can't tell from the phone, can we? I can't tell if a person was using the phone, it doesn't appear so, but the phone, because it was still on, was still running things in the background. Um, now I'm going to talk a lot about Maggie's phone. So on Maggie's phone, was the display off from 849 and 28 seconds to 853 and 8 seconds? That sounds right. I'd have to verify it with the report to be 100%. I just handed you what's been marked. Oh, it's been admitted as safety committee three, which is the timeline report for her phone. Yes, sir. So is that correct, that time period for display off? Could you repeat the time so that I can verify it, please? Okay. It is 8.49 and 28 seconds is uh, the display goes off. Is that correct? Give me one second to get to it. 8.49 and 28 seconds? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's the, it shows that that's the end time of the display on. Is there an orientation change at that time, too? 
it shows an orientation change at 849, 28 seconds, goes to the landscape. So there is the same time. And two seconds later is the phone lock. It said 8.49, 31 p.m. It shows the start time of being locked. Our next event at 8.53.08, uh, does the display come back on? Yes, sir, it does. The phone is still locked, but the screen is on. Is that correct? Yes, sir, that's what it's showing. And is there an uh, orientation change at 8.53 and 12? Yes, yeah. sir, it goes to portrait. Kind of starting at this time period, starting at 8.53.15, with Apple Health, don't we have her walking some distance? Yes, sir. It starts at 8.53.15 p.m., recording 59 steps, and ends at 8.55.32. Do you have any way to know the distance that that covered? No, sir. It just says it recorded 59 steps, and then it shows on there a duration in minutes, which is approximately 2.29. Is the distance, uh, is it on the phone? Is it available to to phone? As far as distance, as far as in yards or meters? I have seen it in meters, yes, sir. So, so that information has been recovered. How how many meters that those steps covered? Yes, sir. When we extracted the information, it would have been part of that. And was that thirty-one and one quarters meters? I would have to look at. It's not on this report. On the accident report, it doesn't put it down in meters. It just does it in feet. I would have to look at one of the other reports or look at the extraction to know exactly how many meters it is. But it does record in meters. And at the end of that walking period, or about four seconds before, when does the when does the screen turn off next? I show a display off at 8.53.28 is the start time of that. And then the next display off is at 8.53.44 p.m. Well, let's stick with the 8.53.28, it went off, correct? Yes, so that shows the start time of it being off. And did it come back on four seconds after that? Yes, sir. It comes on at 8.53.32 p.m. The exhibitor previously showed you about Siri. When's the last uh, activation of the user interface for Siri? The last one shows that it started on June 7th, 2021 at 8.53, 20 p.m. Okay. So it's during this period of, of walking? Yes, sir. And we covered previously that holding side button can, can trigger that? It's one of the things, yes, sir, that could trigger that. Now, the screen had gone off at 8.54.32. Is that correct? At 8.54.32 was the end time of the display off. I apologize, 8.53.44 it came on, correct? The display went off, and then it went back on at 8.55.04, is that correct? I show display off starts at 8.53.44, it ends at 8.55.32, display on at 8.55.32 mm -hmm. um, is when it starts with the display on, and then it shows that ending at 8.55.04. At 8.54.32, the screen comes on. Yes, sir. Two seconds later, there's the camera is activated. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Was the camera activated from the lock screen? In other words, the phone was not unlocked? It doesn't appear that there's an unlocked sequence, um, but I would imagine not just based off of that I don't see the unlocking. Is there metadata in the Knowledge C database that would allow you to determine uh, whether this um, was activated from the lock screen? There may be. I've never looked that far into it to see if that's there. So the, the screen comes on, camera's activated, stays on for how long? It comes on at 8.54.34 and goes off at 8.54.35, so approximately one second. And we're still in that, that walking period, correct? Yes, sir. Now, five seconds later, we have an orientation change? 
The orientation change to landscape begins at 8.54.40. Yes, sir, approximately five seconds. So in a space of six seconds, correct, eight seconds, screen came on, camera opened, closed, and then orientation change. So a lot happened in that eight seconds. I don't know that the camera came on. I know that it was showed in an application usage log. Whether somebody activated the camera to use it or not, I don't know that. And then uh, when did the display go off? It shows display off at 8.55.04 p.m. And it was in orientation change then too, correct? Yes, sir. It went to portrait. And did the display come on again uh, shortly thereafter, 28 seconds later? Yes, sir, at 8.55.32 p.m. And then it went off and it stayed off until 9.03, correct? Yes, sir. The display went off at 9.03.52 p.m. So, and then what we would have after that would be some incoming calls that go unanswered until we get to that orientation change at 9.06. Is there anything else happening on the phone? Uh, there's other things that are recorded in the logs because it will record in the logs that it received a phone call. Um, so you get that, you get the phone calls in there. And it shows, the phone call, when was that? It shows a phone call at 9.04.23 p.m. And I think we had previous testimony that that was from Alex Murdoch, correct? Yes, sir, correct. And then uh, we have the final orientation change at 9.06 and 12, which has a start time of 9.06 and 12 and an end time of 9.06 and 20, correct? Yes, sir. That's when the orientation changes to portrait. And in that time period, we have another call from Alex Murdoch, correct? Yes, sir, at 9.06.14 p.m. And then another one coming in at 9.06.51, is that correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. And then the display after that goes off? Yes, sir, it goes off at 9.07.00 p.m. That text message we talked about earlier at 9.08.58, did the screen come on when that came in, or did it stay off? It looks like the la when the display off ended was at 9.31.44 p.m. Is that when that text message was actually delivered? It shows text message received on the phone at 9.08.58 p.m. But the screen did not come on until 9.31. Correct. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. With defense attorney Philip Barber having reviewed with Lieutenant Dove the timelines of activity data extracted from the phones of Maggie and Paul Murdoch, Barber next moves on to compare the activity data from the defendant's phone to those of his wife and son. As he does so, he continues to write the comparative timeline information gleaned from the witness testimony on the easel pad. 
We talked about Alex Murdaugh's steps. Did he have a period of walking that went from about 9.02 to 9.06 and 47 seconds? Yes, sir. It shows that the phone recorded 283 steps. You were called from the report you got from the FBI about this vehicle. If anything was recorded happening on his vehicle at 9.06 and 48 seconds? I don't remember. I remember looking at the report, but I haven't studied that report, so I don't mind. You don't recall that the... Um, the report shows that the car uh, engine was started at that time? I would have to look at that report. I, like I said, I, I looked at the report when it first came back, but I have not studied that report because that was not part of what I examined. Was information from that report included in the timeline you assisted uh, Agent Dolph's uh, Yes, sir, I believe it was. If you were to look at that timeline that the agent prepared, would that help refresh your memory? Yes, sir, I can look at it and see what their report says. Copy of his timeline report. Recognize that that's what it is? Yes, sir, that's what it appears to be. Are you wanting me to look for the vehicle information on there? Yes. As Lieutenant Dove looks at the FBI report presented by Philip Barber, Prosecutor John Conrad rises in objection to the procedure by which the defense has submitted the report to the witness. Objection, Your Honor. Uh, this is a, uh, what's going to be a state's exhibit. Uh, state does not object if we just go ahead and admit it as a, def as a defense exhibit at this point, but. Uh, you know, I don't know if uh, what Mr. Barber's intention is. Uh, Your Honor, I was using this to refresh the uh, witness's recollection. Six twelve. What is the objection? Yeah. If he's going to review that, the state would ask that it be marked and admitted. As this is not personally prepared by Lieutenant Dove. Would you like to have it admitted as a uh, state's exhibit or a defense exhibit? I'm happy to admit it as a defense exhibit, Your Honor. It's not pre-marked, however. Admitted as a defense exhibit. With Judge Clifton Newman having cleared up the procedural issue, Defense Attorney Barber resubmits the FBI report to Lieutenant Dove. I'm handing you back what's now been marked as Defense Exhibit 60. Did you find uh, what we were talking about? Yes, sir, I did. And when did Mr. Murdoch's car start? According to this timeline that's been prepared, it looks like it starts at 9.06.48 p.m. And that is a second after the end of that period of walking around? Yes, sir. Would it be fair to describe that period of walking around as uh, Mr. Marta walking to his car? I can just say the phone recorded steps. Um, I can say what this report has as far as the vehicle information. Now, whether somebody was walking to their car, from their car, or just walking around an area, I can't say because I wasn't there. But I can just say what the information contained on there. Did his phone uh, connect uh, to the Bluetooth system in his car? I did not find connections during that time frame. Did the FBI find a connection to the system in his car, not on his phone? I don't see it in this section that talks about the vehicle stuff for the 906 period. Philip Barber next moves on to ask the witness questions related to the fact that Maggie Murdoch's phone was found by investigators one day after the murders, dumped by the side of a road between a quarter and a half mile from the Murdoch property. If a phone were thrown from the window of a moving car going down a country road, would you expect, and the screen was on at that time because there's an incoming call, would you expect to see an orientation change? Depends on how it was thrown, but if it was just thrown end over end, then I would expect the orientation change. And this phone was recovered on the side of the road, you're aware of that? Yes, sir. About 15 feet, we've had testimony about that, and some brush on the side of a country road. Um, not so far from, from Mr. Murdoch's house, but a half mile or so at least. If that would make an orientation change, and that was the, the last orientation change ever on the phone until it's recovered is 9.06 and 12 seconds, to 9.06 and 20 seconds, uh, is it reasonable to believe that that is it being thrown out the window to its final resting place before it is recovered? 
it's hard for me to say. I can just testify about what the information's on the phone. If it's somebody throws, there's different way to throw things. You can throw things end over end, straight. You can throw it sideways. Um, you can take and toss something is considered a throw. It's hard for me to say that because depending on how it's thrown, what it hits when it tumbles or to the ground or how it lands, could cause different things to happen. Based on, on the information in front of you, um, would it be possible for the person who's cranking that car at 9.06 and 48 seconds to be throwing it from that car while it's moving at 9.06 and 12 to 20 seconds? Anything's possible. If I don't know. The person driving where Alex Murdoch because he's having to walk for a few minutes before he gets in the car. I don't know how he throws things, how he handles things, so it'd be hard for me to say how they would do that. So what I'm asking is, if he walked from 9.02 until the second before he gets in the car and cranks it, and that is 30 seconds after the phone is thrown on the side of the road a half mile away, can he be in two places at once? I don't know that's the time the phone, the phone was thrown. I know that's the time the orientation change occurred. Now, that does not mean that the phone was thrown at that moment. It's hard for me to say. Certainly. It's possible that there was a random orientation change and somebody throws the phone out of the moving car going down this country road, lands in some brush 15 feet off the road by some you know, miracle golf frisbee shop. But you would expect you throw the phone out the window like that, you would get an orientation change if the screen is on. If it's thrown like you described, would it be thrown like a, go a golf frisbee kind of throw? I don't expect the orientation change because it's going. it can land flat. But... That would be unusual, wouldn't it? That you could throw it from a moving car, it could land 15 feet in the woods, and not ever bounce, not once, in a way that would cause an orientation change. I've never tested throwing a phone out the window to see what the orientation change looks like. Like I said, I can just testify to what is in the records on it. And at the time, if this if this is when it's thrown, at that very moment, there's an incoming call from Alex Murrow. The screen's lit up with his name on it, correct? Yes, sir. It would be reasonable that somebody had taken the phone, they see... It starts to ring with his name on it, they might chuck it out the window. It is possible if they see that, yes. That would be consistent with all the information on the, the cell phones, would it not? It's consistent, the information on the cell phones, whether somebody who saw the number coming in or they even saw the number coming in, I can't say because I was not there. I, I understand. You, you were not there. And uh, the question is really, your review of these records, is that... Uh, not just consistent, but reasonably consistent, something that, that would make sense to you, know, to you, that that is one reasonable possibility consistent with what you see on these phones. If somebody was holding the phone and they saw a number come in, they didn't want to answer or didn't want then to throw it, that is a possibility, yes, sir. And that the last orientation change before law enforcement finds it in the woods on the side of the road the next day recorded when it was tossed out the window. I can't say that. I can just say that there's. I can just say there's orientation change. I cannot say that's when the phone was thrown that caused that change to portrait. And at the time, and at less than thirty seconds after that, Alex Murdoch. Well, at that time, he's walking, isn't he? He's not in a car. The phone reported steps in the time frame. And you have testified on direct that if you're riding in a car, it's not going to. Correct. So he's not in a car at that time. I can't say where he was or what, and I wasn't there. I can just say what the phone recorded, whether it recorded stuff there. or not. The person had, in possession of his phone was not in a car at that time, 906 and 12 seconds. I can just say the phone, that somebody had the phone and it recorded steps. And you also would have testified that if you're in a car, it would not record steps. Correct. If you put it in a cup holder and ride around in a car, it's not going to record the steps. So if you... If this phone were in a car at 9.06 and 12 seconds, 
it would not report any steps. Correct. And it did, in fact, did not report steps at that time. At what time it ended? That's the time. The last ones I see with the steps on that time frame. I mean, it did. It did record steps at that at that time. Yes, sir. So the person who had Alex Murdoch's phone was walking at this 9:06 and 12 seconds time because it's recording steps. Yes, sir. Somebody was holding the phone and recording. And steps. he's also calling his wife at the in this time period. Yes, sir. There are phone calls. He's walking and calling his wife. And he's about, his car is about to crank a second after he stops walking, which really does seem like he's getting into the car. That's what it would appear with the times, but like I said, all I can testify to is what the information is on the devices. Did Alex Murdoch have the code to unlock uh, Maggie Murdoch's phone? I don't know. I've been told he did. Um, I was provided the code when I received the phone. So, you, I mean, you don't really have any, you, you can't really testify as to why he would take his wife's phone, and, as I guess the state alleges, and throw it out. Uh, the window of his car half a mile from his house. No, sir. I have no idea why people are thinking or do things they do. After Philip Barber suggests through his questioning that the orientation change recorded on Maggie's phone was caused by someone discarding it on the side of the road, he returns to the timeline comparison of steps recorded on Maggie and Alex Murdoch's respective phones. And we've, uh, we've previously established that his phone and Maggie's phone were not, when he's walking, they're not walking together. Is that correct? Correct. There are no steps recorded on the devices together. So he's walking without her phone. Her phone does an orientation change while he's walking without her phone. Is that correct? I can just say both devices were not recording steps at the same time. And they're not recording steps at the same time, and he's walking at 906.12. Therefore, hers is not recording steps at 906.12. Correct. So his phone is walking, hers is not. At the time, her phone has this final orientation change before it's found on the side of the road. Yes, sir. And in your 20-some years experience in law enforcement, that doesn't make it seem reasonable to you that he did not, that the person who had Alex's phone did not also have Maggie's phone at 906 and 12 seconds? It appears the phones were not together um, being moved by the same person because they were not recording steps. With that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we continue our look at the defense's cross-examination of Lieutenant Dove. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.